Hey everyone, just wanted to give two quick notes before the start of this episode. Uh, one pertaining to like the format of this show going forward, and the other for just a quick technical uh, issue I wanted to let people know about. Starting with this episode, I'm going to be aiming to split every episode in two and upload uh, more frequently that way, probably one every two weeks, bar, bar delays. Uh, the first half of each, the first half, the first episode would will be uh, the opening part where we're talking about recent media, movies, TV games that we've like recently consumed and our thoughts on those. And the second episode will be the main topic where we discuss something that can be older or not as recent or relevant, but you know, we just we pick our main topic and we just go for it if it's a retrospective or in this case an older movie. Uh, and I'm doing that so we can hopefully get uh, more content out more frequently. I'd really like to try and be more consistent with this now that I'm seeing kind of uh, a more regular routine settling in post-COVID. And the other thing that I just want to bring up for this episode is we recorded on location at Patrick's house in a small room with hardwood walls. And for those who haven't tried recording, that results in a lot of reverb, uh, a lot of like, you'll hear a bit of an echo. And I apologize for that. But uh, it's not it's not the worst. And you'll still be able to make out everything we're saying just fine. And this should just be a one time thing. uh, Unless we decide to record in that room again, for whatever reason, because we had (laughs) this episode took a while to get together for various reasons, as you'll soon hear. Uh, With that said, thanks for listening and enjoy. Hey everyone, this is episode 41 of Sketch Watch Play, a pop culture podcast talking movies, TV, cartoons, video games, and everything that comes with those. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and most third-party podcast apps and directories. If you want to stay updated or send us feedback or topic suggestions, you can email us at sketchwatchplay at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at sketchwatchplay, Join the Discord server located in episode descriptions, and if you enjoy what you hear, you can support the show by leaving positive reviews on Apple Podcasts and spreading the word to friends, family, and social media. I am John Flurry, and I am happy to have today's guest back on the show. From such episodes as the Donkey Kong, Nolan Batman, Ninja Turtles, and Pokemon Retrospectives, and here today to discuss another super nostalgic property, it's my brother from the same mother, Patrick Flurry. Patrick, how are you? John, I'm great. Uh, this is uh, a little peek behind the curtain, our second attempt to do this episode. It's our second attempt at recording and like our fourth attempt to get get it, get it going. Like, this episode <laughs> is... I'm gonna, if, it, if this something goes wrong this time, I'm convinced this episode is cursed. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, we've had to change recording times a couple times. The yep. first time because my wife dislocated her shoulder Fair reason. and needed some some help. Uh, I forget the reason for the second time. The third time we were online recording the episode. We got we about s- ten minutes. Yeah, in. we started. This was a few days ago, <laughs> and the internet just totally dropped out at my place. So we had. Uh, given the, the least amount of opportunities for something to go wrong by getting together in yeah. person yeah. next to each other on the same microphone. I was like, hey, I'll even make it easier. I'll come to your... This is the first time we're recording from uh, your place. Yes, yes, we're recording Previously, from my Previously, you've either come time. to my pl- my apartment or we've uh, done it over... You know, we were doing like Discord and Skype and stuff. Yeah, so this is the first time here and we are just hoping, hoping, hoping that we can complete this podcast. I'm not taking any chance. I'm going to make sure we're recording right now. We are recording right now. <laughs> Please stay that way, uh, computer. I... I I did this movie. This shouldn't be cursed. Talk about one of my favorite movies ever. This shouldn't be cursed. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but uh, since we, so we, since we talked about uh, on our last attempt, since you were on last like late last year, uh, you've actually been able to resume your uh, your improv sessions. Yeah. So uh, as we kind of talked about on past episodes, uh, I do improv with Washington Improv Theater here in DC. 
which John has also done uh, classes and performances with. Um, and hey, thanks to you. And that, that was also what convinced me to get into voice acting. Yeah, yeah. Which is super. I think a, a, it makes a lot of sense to me to go from improvisation to voice acting. But I, we, we just this weekend, uh, my team, I Musical, which is a, an improvised musical uh, comedy show. We had our first show just last night um, in, in, I think, 17 months. Um, and it was just a, a blast to be just in the room with a bunch of people who were all laughing together. It was just... Uh, super cathartic and super super fun and I I welcome anyone in any city to, to go check out your local comedy places your comedy venues as long as you're feeling safe um, and and check out some live comedy it's a it's a pretty good solve for the soul during uh, uh, times. this time yeah 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 thankfully you I and our pretty much our family are vaccinated at this point yeah uh, there's st- we're still I'm still taking precautions, like masks in public areas and that sort of stuff. But I actually, I just went to the the mall with one of my, I saw my, my best friend for the first time in almost a year uh, last Thursday. Wow, I guess this is uh, my way of finding out that I'm not your best friend. What a terrible moment My, my best friend that I'm not related to. It's <laughs> a technicality, man. Yeah, it was actually great. The The theater itself is requiring uh, like proof of vaccine yeah. stuff to make people feel as safe as possible. You did a little improv I, jam a couple weeks I ago. I did, me and your and your wife, Kaylin, we did a uh, freeform kind of public improv jam. And yeah, they, they required uh, either a printout or a copy, like you'd bring your, your vaccination uh, form, which makes total sense. It was fun. I got to pretend to be a chicken for one skit. Thank God, it's about time. And you pointed out to me, and I'm kicking myself, for not taking inspiration from Chicken Boo. Uh, if anybody in the audience does not know of the Animaniacs' uh, recurring character, Chicken Boo... Then get out. I Then get the hell... What are you listening to this podcast for? Um, but it's truly, truly wonderful. And uh, John is even taking uh, another improv class starting in August. Finally, yeah. We were... I was... They've been open for a little while, but they sold out really fast because you have yeah. fewer spaces, for one. And I'm sure there's tons of pent-up demand. Yeah. But yeah, I started in August and... Uh, I'm I I'm assuming they'll still have the cards requirement and stuff, but I'm okay with that, and it'll be fun to do that again. Yeah, it'll be a blast. Um, so we have a bunch of stuff to discuss today. I'm just going to drop a real uh, another. I'm, I'm getting back to watching movies because we're going to get to we we and your wife did our first in theater movie since since COVID. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have stuff to say about that. That, but I actually uh, did a little uh, dip into streaming uh, streaming theater simultaneous theater stream and stream releases. And double dipped the original Space Jam and the New Legacy. Oh, how was it? Space Jam held up better than I expected to. I I I, th- I do think that it kind of loses focus when halfway through when the actual game starts. Yeah, like there's less of a plot. Um, but uh, I do not recommend the New Legacy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Kaylin and I just a few weeks back were like doing some just HBO Max scrolling, um, and we we found the old Space Jam on there. We ended up watching it, and we were both like 45 minutes in, like. This is way better than I was expecting yeah. it to be. Like, it's still like it's not great. It's not well. It, it, there are things about it that are great, but it's, it's, it's hit or miss. Like yeah, it's very hit or miss. But it's it's got it still has some like wonderfully like just like nostalgic moments. And there's nothing like absolutely cringy about it. Even like the dumb stuff is like still enjoyable to laugh at. Or it's animated well. Both. Or it's animated well. And I remember at the time being shocked by the animation of Space Jam back when I didn't even know much about sure. animation. Sure. Um, but that movie held up well. But yeah, I've I've only heard very lackluster things about New Legacy. Audiences are loving it. I'll give them that. So it's it's doing critics it. aren't loving it. No, and I'm not loving it. But um, <laughs> it it feels very. I'm not. We're not going to make this a Space Jam segment. But I'll just say 
Uh, props to, as I would say with the original, and a lot of anime movies I don't like, props to the effects artists. I think all the animation visuals, both either the CG Looney Tunes, and there's like a good half hour of 2D animation uh, in like classic Looney Tunes of this, which you don't get on the big screen much anymore, and it looks great. Uh, so all, and they did like great 3D versions of them well, the movement and stuff is still very keeping in, in, in the spirit. Um, it's just the writing. It's, it's, it's very bland. I barely laughed. Uh, it, the first one has a really silly plot and it's weird, but it, it, has some, it has some good lines. It has some good moments from both cartoons and the live action actors. And this one's just like, it just kind of exists. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that was not as, I think, as exciting as we wanted it to be. But we did see another movie in theaters together. Um, Let's transition to that first. I had it second on the list, but that is too good a transition. Yeah. yeah. So we saw uh, my wife, Kaylin, John, and I all went to see Black Widow. You don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives before I was an Avenger, before I got this family. In theaters, which is, I, it was definitely my first movie in theaters in, in 18 or so months. It was yours too, yeah? Yeah, I'm guessing Kaylin's. Uh, I think our, my last one was Sonic. Okay, yeah, mine was Sonic 2, actually. I think Kaylin okay, says she saw it with you and some other friends. Yeah, that, there's, a, there's a running theory that uh, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog caused the pandemic, but... Uh, I, I would place the little Robotnik. <laughs> but uh, we saw Black Widow in theaters, and I, um, I've been nervous about this movie just because I have been struggling with, with the idea of like a Black Widow movie like posthumously after her death oh, in oh. Endgame. I thought you were going to say in general, and I'm like, I thought like, you have a problem with character, but it's more the fact that we know she's dead. Right, right. No, I love, I've actually, I, I've loved the Black Widow character, and you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, yeah, there's going to be some spoilers here, um, but I love the Black Widow character, and I've, I've loved kind of her history through the, the Marvel movies. I think one of the first, like, times in a Marvel movie that I, like, literally jumped out of my seat was in that moment in Iron Man 2 where she takes out those guys in the hallway. Well, that's the best part of that movie. Yeah, uh, I, I lost my mind at that. Um, but... I, I was very uh, uh, kind of like sad, and some of the sadness has carried over that we were like finally getting this like truly like epic moment with this character, a real focus on her and a big project. Yeah. Only to know that it can only go this far. Like this is this the is end. it. This, this is, is the only one we're going to get. Yeah, and post release it still sounds like this is ScarJo's MCU swan song. Yeah, and you know. It's, it is like a mixed bag of emotions because judging the movie like solely by itself, I really liked it. I, I thought it. it was like really fantastic. I thought they they introduced, you know, like three really big like side characters. One of the of, best supporting cast in a while. All of which who I, th I thought were kind of a blast. Um, yeah. Especially Florence Pugh, who I can talk about forever in this movie. Yeah, I, I still love that I was like, oh, she was in uh, she was in Midsummer, and you and Kim were, were like, you and was like, don't watch Midsummer, man. <laughs> have a good time. I didn't enjoy Midsummer, but I think she's great, and I, you know, she's amazing in Little Women. She's been amazing in a, in a bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's blowing up. Um, and she's a phenomenal actress, but gosh, she just was the greatest comedic relief in this movie, and then also had, like, so much heart. Um, yeah, because, well, one, I think the fact is, like, she comes off as more all, like, over all of it than, yeah. than, than, uh, than Natasha, and even, like, doing some meta jokes about, like, she has her own, like, take on this Deadpool superhero landing joke, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, she, she notices that, that, that duck down one hand on the floor pose. Oh, yeah, like, she, like, makes fun for people. Yeah, making fun there. of some superhero tropes that I, I, I'm always a little fun at that, that meta joking, I think is good. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, if you don't go overboard with it, they, they, they serve a good balance. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think the movie is um, very phenomenal at, like, at, you know, not, not taking place all in the past, but giving you a good deal of, of info about the way, the way, you know, Natasha was 
you know, brought up and kind of became Black Widow and all this yeah. stuff. But I, I, uh, I also just think it's a good story in and of itself, and it's a great introduction to Florence Pugh's character. And then you know, I have I, I had a blast with uh, David Harbour, who I Red, always like. Red Guardian was an MVP for me because he's, he's he's a slob. He's, he's like this yeah. out of touch, kind of. A fool of himself, blowhard, and but he's kind of weirdly lovable. Yeah, he actually. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but he 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 reminded me a lot of uh, a character in the game that we're going to talk about in a little bit. <laughs> um, but then I also thought, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Um, oh, Woman from the Mummy, Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz was also just like very delightful. I thought the cast had like very phenomenal chemistry um, and uh, just a like a fun movie overall. I will, the only like little like warning, which isn't even a negative thing about the movie, but like a warning is that it's like, it's very, very dark at times. Like it deals in human trafficking. In the beginning we were like, oh. Yeah. And it, it deals with some like really like kind of scary and sad abuse stuff. Yeah. Um, the, um, the main villain who you don't, he's in the shadows for, and then when you see it, he's like, I've heard people say like, this is like the Harvey Weinstein of MCU super villains. He is a creep. Yeah, it's very foul, and it's kind of it's it's. Um, and I, it has to be intentional at this point. Yeah, but it's it's also just kind of it's it's hard to watch, and not in like a it's bad way, but in like a like this is just like very tough. This is human cruelty. Yeah, it's so it's it is it's much more. Uh, it feels very real uh, the the cruelty of it. But this is all to say, I thought the movie was really really excellent. I really enjoyed it, especially any scene between Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh. Um, but. It did. The, the only thing I will say is, like a week or so out from watching it, the one thing that is has like unfortunately kind of come to me is like this general feeling of disappointment. That I think like, I know what it is. That we get this, that we get this character, this like moment for this this character, and then they're just gone. And who is that? It's, it's Black Widow. It's Scarlett Johansson. I'm, I'm oh saying. oh oh! I thought. I um yeah, but the fact that you, there's not gonna be more with her. There's not more with her that that we didn't do this earlier, and I also think like, gosh, I wish this movie had come out before Endgame. Like, it should, I, have, it should have been between Civil War and Infinity War. Yeah, it really should have been. I like, I, I understand that it was just production schedule stuff. And it all wasn't even COVID, even if COVID didn't happen, it was supposed to come out last year. So yeah, I it just I it something about the that deflated it a little bit for me in in just the the way it was experienced. But I think, you know, if you watch the... If you're somebody new to the Marvel movies and you watch them all in order, um, in chronological order, you're going to have a very uh, good time with this movie. And I still had a great time with it. Yeah, I... It was just tough. It it is sad that, like... But I I do kind of view this as, like... The nice thing you can view this as, since it's uh, Natasha's last role, presumably, you can kind of see it as her putting a bow on her past demons. Mm -hmm. Because she does kind of... Because, you know, by the end, like, she's basically stopping the, the Widow program. She's freeing these other people who won't have to go through the, as much of this stuff as her. And then and, 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 uh, her and Yelena killed the, the mastermind. So it's right. like she can, you can kind of see her getting some comfort from, like, knowing that she's put a stop to this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's totally fair. I do want to – okay, I do want to ask what I was, what I was getting at because I'm seeing um, – there's something to it that's pretty positive online, though maybe not as strong as, like, Endgame or, your, or other stuff. I, I did want to get your opinion on. I think the one thing that it seems to be letting people down is uh, the portrayal of Taskmaster, mm. because it's very different from the the comics. Mm-hmm. So you, I think you're familiar with 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 Taskmaster in, in comics, right? Yeah, I am. I you know to be fair, I I don't have a. I I've read some stuff with Taskmaster, but it's it's been it's been a while, um, and I don't remember like perfectly 
Clearly, uh, that was a twist that I, I guessed during the yeah, movie. The I, moment the daughter was brought up, I leaned over to Kayla and it was like, she's I not dead. I thought it was either her or, before they revealed her, I thought it was Rachel Wise's character because she was injured back in the day. Okay. And like, Maybe she's dead and no, she's, oh no, okay, she's not here, that's probably the daughter or something. I think the only reason I didn't think that is because in the trailers we see them all at the table oh, together I, I, and all I, that stuff. I kind of avoided the trailers after the first one. Okay. I kind of, I'm trying to do that more with, with some uh, MC movies that I'm excited for. Yeah, I think... Uh, you know, I, I think it, it, the only real disappointment for me was that, you know, l- looking at all the Taskmaster stuff, it seemed like someone who was, uh, like, you know, mastering all these Avengers moves. Which and is such only, a cool, makes for some good, good action scenes, too. Makes for some great action scenes, makes for some very fluid things, and it's, there's something very fun about watching Black Widow go up against all of her teammates Basically. and stuff like that. But um, the only disappointing thing for me was that that character didn't have any, like, Avengers-related motivation. Like, I was hoping for something oh, yeah. more like, um, you know, like, Sokovia-related, like, like, something where they, they had like, some like kind a Zemo. of... Like a Zemo, where they had some kind of connection to the Avengers that was making them obsessed with perfecting their, oh, their yeah. stuff. They only give contacts other than, well, they're the world's best, so I'll just... Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem like she... I mean, like, she didn't have any, like, obsession with getting this... No, she was, right. uh, she was being controlled. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I... I think it's fine. It made for some amazing action sequences, but it made me feel like, uh, you know, that character didn't really have any interesting motivations. She was barely a character after right. she got mass. That's my thing. I'm like, they maybe they just were like, there's so much other stuff we can't cram this in, but she right. feels like the casualty because we got such because like, we were talking about how strong this like family unit they form is and how scuzzy the vil- actual villain is that sort of stuff. So I can see people's. That's my complaint from like a movie perspective. I, I don't know how I compare to. I guess it's like well, one, it's it's a Taskmaster's a guy in the comics, and I don't think he's. I think he's kind of like a mercenary. Is he like a mercenary? I totally forget. It's been okay. so long. Okay, so yeah, that's the one. That, that's the one character I think could have gotten a little more service, but it's a little easier to swallow when they don't they don't build her up as the main character, main villain, or whatever. And there's like such a strong like protagonist like ensemble going on. Yeah, I agree. So, any other uh, things you want to say about Black Widow? Um, only that, uh, you know, I know I, I maybe sounded negative on some parts, but I really thought it was phenomenal. And I am, uh, I will say the, the one of the best things about it is, like, how excited it got me for, you know, Florence Pugh's uh, 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 next chapter in the Marvel I was uh, Cinematic s- Universe. I d- was going to say, um, I... I I think I told you before we saw that I did have one thing spooled for me online before I saw it. Mm-hmm. I was on Tumblr and I saw like gifts of the after credit scene, um, where we see Contessa again. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that's not technically. I guess that wasn't technically a spoil for me because it came out in the news when she first appeared in Falcon Winter Soldier. She was originally supposed. This was this was supposed to be her first appearance. But right. Production got shut and release got shuffled because of COVID. I actually think her Falcon and Winter Soldier intro is stronger because there's like that shot of her walking on heels. So at first you're like, who is that? Yeah. And this one is more comedic, where she's just like blowing her nose. I'm allergic to the Midwest. Yeah, and I, I also think um, I'm I'm very happy about stuff like that because it seems like they are. I mean, between the announcement that you know. Uh, the new Captain America is getting his own movie and won't be like relegated to just a TV That's role. That's what we're worried about. Um, and like the fact that Contessa is also appearing in the movies, uh, kind of guaranteeing the 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 that the MCU, you know, Disney Plus series are like truly as integral to the as MCU the as the movies are. Which I, yeah. until we saw those integrations happening, I was I was hoping these weren't characters that were being like relegated you to TV. Oh yeah, you weren't sure if they, like you were like I'll believe it when I see it. Kind of yeah. 
Yeah, but um, and I, but I just I love that when uh, when Valentina popped up, I saw you kind of do like a little fist pump. Oh, I, well, I also just love Julia Dreyfus. I'm a yeah. huge Veep fan and was a huge Seinfeld fan. I yeah. just think she's Se- Seinfeld is our dad's favorite show. So yeah. I, I still need to watch more of Veep. You showed me the first episode. It's good. just the, she's just amazing in it. She is so irredeemable. It's so wonderful. Yeah, she. I mean, she kind of seems like she could be irredeemable in this. Like she's not. She's kind of a scuzzy person. But yeah, we'll but see. Funny it's, way. Like she's still kind of confusing. But it will, yeah, we'll have to see what her full deal is. I, I kind of see her as like an. I she could be like an anti-hero Nick Fury equivalent. I'm wondering, yeah, a more off the off the book, but yeah, great time with uh, with Black Widow. Please stand by. Okay, so I'm going to include this uh, earlier in the episode before we start our Aladdin talk in between recording sessions. Patrick had the idea to uh, invite his wife Kaylin in for uh, her first appearance on the show, really briefly, since we saw the movie together, uh, and Kaylin's always been fun to talk to about these things. So, Kaylin, like general thoughts on Black Widow, first off. Yeah, I thought it was a great movie. Um, I thought that it's nice to see Scarlett Johansson have so much screen time yep. um, as compared with other movies. And I also really love the new Black Widow character. So it was exciting, I think, just to see like so many great fights um, by women leads and like a lot of um, context for her story. So I really liked yeah, that. Yeah, we, we talked about both how this kind of seems to put a nicer bow, like both clarify and kind of put a bow on her origins. She's basically going after the guys who made it, who were responsible for it in the first place. Uh, but also, um, we were talking about the strength of that new, like, dysfunctional family unit. Yeah. So did you, so do, did you have any thoughts on Florence Pugh, uh, David Harbour, uh, uh, Rachel Weisz, any thoughts on them? I mean, I was so happy to see Rachel Weisz back. Uh, I mean, I know she's not been this character before, but I love her as an actress. So yeah. um, I had mentioned I loved her in The Mummy when we went to see I didn't it. see the original Mummy. That's she's her, fantastic her in the Mummy series. And so, like, I was really excited when I saw her. And I thought her character was really interesting um, because she clearly is conflicted. You know, she cares about yes. these girls almost like daughters. But she also has had a really tough life herself. And so yes. she has some challenges and to deal with. She's also, like, she and Natasha are, like, the straight men of the group. Straight women of the group. Straight, yeah. straight person. Because, uh... Yelena is very sarcastic and over it, and the dad is is a bum almost. Yeah, he's, he's he's over the hill. Yeah, totally. I feel like I had trouble. Set, what's that actor's name? David Harper. I have trouble not seeing Stranger Things. Yeah. when I look at him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was also, he was great too. I'm also happy for him because I didn't bring this up with you. I think the first time they tried to make him a star was the Hellboy reboot that nobody liked, that like nobody saw. Okay, so it's like nice me, that, I never saw it. Yeah, I heard it was, <laughs> I mean, I heard it was terrible, and I and so I'm happy that he's getting another shot at this and. I definitely, you know, if, if any of these characters are, well, I think Florence Pugh could be like in a movie. I, but if any of them yeah. going to get the Disney Plus like side character spinoff show treatment, I would like to see him because, yeah, uh, both the fact that he's actually you know a legit super soldier like Russia figured that out. Yeah, his weird like non-existent feud with with Captain America. Yeah, um, and and just the, the, him trying to tell stories about like you remember like. The warmth on his hands and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not going to say specifics. You should see the movie, but yeah, no, I, I, he definitely. I, it, it's like one of those things, like in the real world, where you kind of you only see your part of the world. Like we've only seen Captain America and our understanding of super soldiers. Yes. Meanwhile, Russia's got this whole, you know, its own program, which I think is like I always like the geopolitical aspects of right. these movies, and I think that's so true to like 
we have our own version of what we think is the world, and then there's this whole other world then that gets every, opened it's up. other countries in the exactly. Yeah. But I think I would I would definitely like to see a movie with Florence Pugh, and like I felt like the the credit scenes possibly set that up. She's going to be in in the Hawkeye show. That's her next appearance. Yeah, and that would be cool, but I would rather see, like, a Black her. Widow. Yeah, like, yeah. I would love to see a movie with them, like, searching for the other Black Widows that they yeah. now have the file I could for, see them doing for a, a show. I could see them doing a Black Widow, too, just not about Natasha. But right. I, I also want to find out, because they probably just didn't have time for it, like, what was she, what was she up to after this movie and between that and Endgame? Because years passed. True. And she might have not been snapped, so she could have had a lot of time to... Herself more. Yeah, it's like almost hard to keep up with the the timeline with this one because they yeah. did a big jump. Yeah, it makes me wish this movie happened earlier. Patrick was talking about that how it should yeah. like it should have been between Civil War and Endgame. Yeah, we read an article that was like, why did it take so long for yeah. Marvel to like make this movie yeah. when so many other characters had movies and like you know she's such an important character and it's like this is a great movie but like we know she's dead now so it's over right. you right. know That's one of the humps I mean so it's it's great it's great though that they set it up in that like Florence Pugh is just so wonderful like she's sarcastic and funny and like I would love to see her as a lead. Uh, I was talking to Patrick about her other roles. So I know you like don't watch Midsummer, but you liked her in Little Women. I saw Midsummer, but you don't recommend it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, but did you see her in Little Women? Yes, she was amazing. I still need to see that. Yeah, Little Women is fantastic. Really good movie. Oh, I will say, I need yeah. to bring this up, because you know how Greta Gerwig did that in Lady Bird? Uh, yeah, director. yeah. Do you know what her next project is? I have no idea what this is going to be about. She's doing a Barbie movie. Oh, that should be fun. I mean, if you want a more like progressive take, then maybe yeah. she can do that. I don't know. That's why I think it'll be fun. I probably wouldn't want to see a Barbie movie if somebody else was It was, was just a generic thing, but she's yeah. probably going to put a spit on it. And no, I should say, Florence Pugh was an incredible actress in Midsummer. I just found, like, Midsummer's just not my thing. Right. But yeah, it no, is, not like, cinematically, it's a beautiful movie. And yeah. her acting is I'll probably watch at some point because I like Hereditary, but uh, I'll also check out her other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, any any final thoughts on Black Widow? Um, I thought, I just think also, like, another great feminist uh, Marvel yeah. movie but in a completely different way because I think like it's nice to see women who are like natural fighters right who don't necessarily have like superpowers in the same way yeah. that like yeah, she's not Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel does like I think that's one of the things I loved about um, Black Panther was were the women warriors because they're yes. just like strong fighters Yes, and, and I think that that was really cool to watch a whole movie of like great fight scenes I think they did say they are besides the Black Panther sequel who we don't know who the lead is going to yeah, be yeah. I think they are planning some sort of Wakanda series oh, which yeah. I would love a, like a show about the royal guard yeah same I mean those the there's probably so much to explore there and I thought I also thought that the um the credit the opening credits to this movie were so great um with, it was brutal I mean, yeah, so great in the sense of, like, I felt like it, I don't know, it, um, it's, it's, like, really, for me, someone who does, like, gender work, it was, like, very, the world is very hard for women and girls, so yes. I felt like it was setting up this movie about, that had a lot of fight to it, with a lot of, like, the context of, like, I, the pain and challenge. I did want to say, and I didn't bring this up, because I was saying to Patrick how, when you finally see the main villain who's, who, in the last third, he's not some powerful well I mean he's not super powered but he's just this he's a he's a slime ball he like he doesn't totally. value the lives of these women he's hurting and I actually read an interview with ScarJo and she said those sort of themes were uh were kind of their response to the uh, initial rise of the Me Too movement totally that you could I felt like all of the office scenes just like exuded Me Too movement like this guy in a position of power like 
with trapping basically women in the room and like making it so that they like they can't get in. Can't, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I thought it was very like powerful. Um, some parts were like a little too on the nose when he sure. said the stuff about how the world's like most neglected resources was women or something. Yeah. I was like, okay. Still, still sleazy. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it's sleazy, but it just, you know, we don't have to lean into it that hard. Okay. I think <laughs> that was kind of my take. Um, but like, I really did, I did enjoy um, the choices that they made. Yeah, great time overall. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining Thanks. us. And I mentioned to Patrick, I'd love to have you on for a full episode sometime. Totally. I know you said you, you don't have a spiritual podcast, but it's this is for fun, so don't yeah. worry about it. No, that. I know. I'm just, I'm more of a novice in some senses in this Marvel just, universe. No, just but. be yourself. It'll, it'll, it'll go well. We can talk about it in the future. Yeah. All right. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. Please stand by. And I guess before, before we watch Black Widow, uh, you and I spent some time uh, both getting hyped and then playing through. I'd say the first PS5 exclusive I was really hyped for, that being Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Dr. Nefarious just crowned himself emperor of this dimension. We've got to get him and us out of here. But without the Dimensionator, I think we have to build a new one. Yes, so, uh, you know, we've talked, uh, John and I, quite a bit. We, we both have the PS5 after a lot of work. Uh-huh. You you gifted me mine, which is still like the coolest thing that's happened to me this year. Yeah, I, I spent months trying to get a PS5. I finally got one in January. Uh, I know that's not a good finally. I know that a lot of other people, maybe even people listening, have been trying for longer. Um, but I got one in January, and then immediately after started trying to get one for John, I basically convinced our family to all chip in and do a uh, kind of an early birthday present yeah. for John and uh, get that for him. And I was able to get that to him, I think, February yeah. or March. It was February. Um, and so we've been talking a little bit about the, you know, uh, the gameplay and stuff. And, you know, the PS5 is an awesome device. We've really enjoyed it. You know, when I went from playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla on the PS4 to the PS5, the the difference is <laughs> remarkable. It is so much Better you play. also talked about Miles Morales, how much you hated the loading times on PS4. Oh my gosh, well I got Miles Morales on PS4 and was like, I'm actually just going to wait. Like, I've been playing this, it's slow, and it doesn't, it actually like, it like... Didn't run great? Didn't run great, and the uh, the visuals in that game in particular are shockingly different. It's almost um, like they were focusing on another platform. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've talked about the games being released that are PS5 exclusives, and before Ratchet & Clank, the only two were the uh, re-release of Demon Souls, uh, the remaster of Demon Souls, and Returnal, yeah. um, both of which I I liked quite a bit. I you know I'm a fan of the you know uh, Dark Souls, Bloodborne kind of Sekiro. I think know, they've termed that Souls like Souls like games, uh, and I think they're a they're a blast. Um, and I think Demon Souls is is beautiful, but I also think it's you know not a new game, and it's definitely not a game for everyone. So it, while it was a PS5 exclusive, it didn't it didn't feel quite as much like you know some epic launch title. Um, same thing goes for Returnal, which was a game that came out uh, a roguelike game that uh, you know in in I thought was uh, much better than I ever expected it to be. I was I kind of written it off, and then, I think a lot of people were surprised by it. Yeah, and then reviews came out, and I finally tried it out, and I was like, oh, this is a blast, and I spent a ton of time on it. And I think it's a very addicting, fun game. Um, but it's got very limited story, very limited like uh, actual like character yeah. uh, development I, and understanding. I also rented and played it a bit, and I'm yeah. like, this seems cool. But it's it's very bleak. It's very moody. And after the past year and a half, I'm kind of looking for more you know cheery stuff. 
And thankfully, a series that we have been with since day one had a, its first PS5 entry coming up. Yeah, and that's another big difference is that this, these, these, these other games, well, especially Returnal, is you know, it's a it's a new thing, and I love new properties. Yes. it's very very fun. But it didn't have anything like there's no expectations with it. Um, and this is the first big, you know, game series to come to the PS5, which is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And so. This is something that, like, this is actually uh, going back to the first episode of the of the show as well. But I'll start with you and I have been a fan of Ratchet and Clank from literally the beginning. It was one of our first big PlayStation games. It might have been my games. first games to to grab me for to the grab. Okay, yeah, it wasn't the first you played, but it was the first that really got you. It was it was the first like game I got obsessed with. It's also I think one of the biggest leaps in quality for a sequel because the first one doesn't have the XP or the strafing and the level thing level up, and then they add that on commanders like oh this this is a game changer. Yeah, and and it's also just like the I you know I remember at the time even though you know Ratchet is kind of a tool in the first couple yeah, of games. Yeah, they they, um, they dressed that well the first one the he, first one more, really he's more sarcastic. I yeah, think. and he gets he gets a little bit better. I remember thinking like. Wow, these are like such fun, like big characters in yeah. this game, which was something I, especially with like all the full voice acting and all yeah. that stuff, I was like, this is so awesome. It's always been, it's always felt like a playable cartoon. Yeah. And it's been fun to, so you, we played all the PS2 ones, uh, we, I played the PS3 ones, but you skipped that because you never, you were in college at the time and you never owned a PS3. Yeah, I think I played through... A little bit of Tools of Destruction, the first one. A little bit of Tools of Destruction, and uh, there was another one... That you had that I played on some vacation when I was home that I played through a bunch of. Um, you know what it was about? I don't. Okay, Kraken Time is the third one in me and a lot of people's favorite in the whole series. Okay, yeah, and so I, I think I actually haven't played Kraken Time. Maybe it was just Tools of Destruction, but you sent me before Ripped Apart came out a. Um, well, first you told me to, to play the PS4 kind of update of the original. Well, Ratchet I got one. that for you for Christmas, I think, that came right. out, and we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. You, but, um, and going back to the uh, first episode of the show is because I also watched and talked about the movie that tied in with that, which I was really excited for, but it was nothing special. And it was actually like the game was better than the movie. Yeah, and and even then, though, even though the game was better than the movie, I did find the game to feel. I, I found it feeling a lot like same kind of a samey kind of a, a almost like it almost like it didn't have quite as much heart to it because it was like made for people it felt like it was made for people who had watched the movie and now just wanted to play the movie yeah and, it, and the funny thing is nobody saw the movie with the game sold game Busters. <laughs> yeah um, but, it, but it was it kind of it did still have that like ratchet and clank feel and it was fun to play through but right before Rift Apart came out I was like talking to you about how you know I was like I feel like I've been disconnected from the series for a while and I'm not really sure what's going on anymore and so you sent me a YouTube video of like that was like 10 minutes long that walked through the entire history Bullet of the series. Bullet points of all the main games, yeah. Um, that was really, really helpful for me. And when I started Rift Apart, I felt very caught up and Yeah, and well, the nice thing is, for Rift Apart, because also, keep in mind, it's been five years since the last Ratchet game. They took a big gap to work on Spider-Man. And it's also Insomniac, who just has a very amazing track record. It's, 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 it's uh, Ratchet, it's those two Spider-Man games, it's the original Spyros... Um, and uh, one that I think is underrated, Sunset Overdrive, which there actually is, there actually are references to in this game. But it's just like they, they, they're one of the most like, they have like one of the best track records. I feel they made a lot of games and like even Ratchet, like sometimes when they try to do different, like, different genres, they get a multiplayer spinoff. It's not that great. But when they're sticking to the conventional formula and building on that, they they work wonders. And this this really does because we were talking about the PS4 and feel the same. This feels like a step up in presentation for sure. Oh, undoubtedly. I mean. 
the sure starting just with like a graphical quality alone and like the ray tracing it looks like a movie it looks like a movie it's it better than the actual movie it is the first game i've ever played that feels like it cracks that like that thing of like feeling like i'm playing like a pixar quality yeah, movie yeah. where it's like between you know we we don't even like cut they don't even feel like cut scenes anymore it feels like a continuation of action because they're just not playing they do the spider-man thing where it won't do a camera cut it'll be like you know like in the opening scene ratchet you jump him towards a platform and it kind of takes your control from him to grab it and do like a dramatic shot where he's flailing from it and then cut back to you when he jumps up it's 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 even cleaner though it's even cleaner than spider-man they learned from spider-man and they and i think something about they they really cracked the code on like figuring out how to make this cartoonish style like really Really work on this high like graphical presentation it level. It pops beautifully to the <laughs> to the point that for the first five minutes of playing the game, I was like a little bit discombobulated by it. Like there was so much oh. going on on the screen, like the big parade opening thing. Yeah, yeah. there's so much going on. There's so and it's all so like crisp that it felt wild to play. And of course, like five minutes in, I was like, it never, it didn't feel that like weird anymore. You felt at home again. I felt at home again, but it's, it's wild in the beginning. Yeah, it's, it has, there's a bigger emphasis, like the gunplay and platforming is relatively unchanged from what you know from Ratchet, but there's a bigger emphasis on these scripted set pieces like in Spider-Man and other like Sony blockbusters where like the environment will coming down around you or you're like, you're on a rail having to switch back and forth. I think everybody saw like uh, the part with the fixer that like Shadow the Colossus sized robot. Yeah. Like, pulling this canyon apart by going grand rails um, and that's also incorporating like this does such a cool thing with that like near instant loading with like the rift like changing mm-hmm. stage dimensions like that opening montage where you're falling through all these different dimensions and there's no loading and I just love how like you can just get into a planet you know get into your ship and you're at another planet in a few seconds oh like, yeah it just, it just it feels more they actually even do the thing where like with a cutscene with uh, Clank and Rivet, new, the new main character, and it'll do a wipe like Star Wars style, and it's Ratchet on another planet, and it's all real time. I will say now that we're you've brought it up, the greatest thing about this game is actually got nothing to do with like the next gen feel of it. It's it's the character Rivet, who is you know this other dimensions version of Ratchet. She's yeah. a female Lombax, and. Looking at like the early trailers of the game, I knew she was playable. I was excited to play as a different character, but she looked like you know a side character you'd be playing as. And it, no. playing through the game, having both finished it now, I think I can say with a good amount of certainty, I, you play for her more than you it play is more, as Ratchet. It is more her story than Ratchet's. Um, and they use Ratchet and Clank as as kind of foils for for her and kind of her robot companion. Kit and yes. they, they uh, Ooh, Kit was hidden from all the promos. Yeah, I had, I had, I had, I had her spoiled from it, but it is so cool when like there's a catching when he falls off this building and meets Ratchet, and you're like, oh, I see who she's supposed to be. And it's you know it's it's wonderful because we basically get this this new story of this you know this heroic person, but who's lived a very different life yes. from Ratchet, yes. um, and who you know Ratchet has grown throughout these this this series and right. and gets to kind of like. And so is Clank, and they both get to like impart a little bit of their kind of experience into Kit and Rivet, who become their kind of their own hero team together by the end of this game. I saw people talking about like there is there is an interesting angle that you can look at it in terms of like aspects of self doubt and mental health with characters like Kit, because she has she has a lot of guilt on her, 
um, and a lot of baggage. And, and as you find out more, you know, I think it's justifiably so. It's, yes, yeah. she has. Uh, she did some stuff she regrets. And uh, all I do want to bring up her voice actress, uh, like Ratchet Clank and Returning to Doctor Nefarious, who's yep. like the best girl in the series. Um, same voices they've always had. Uh, Rivet is played by uh, Jennifer Hale, who you've played a little bit of now Mass Effect, the original trilogy. Oh yes, and I know she is uh, well loved Shepard. for that, and I think for for good reason. And I, but I was like, oh, she's Princess and Powerpuff Girls, and you're like, oh, yeah, know. yeah, that too. The teacher too, uh, Miss Keen. Yeah, she's done she's done a billion things. Um, but I just found out uh, Kit was voiced by Deborah Wilson, who was on Mad TV, but she's done a couple voices. In Fallen Order, she's the mentor, the former Jedi. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she she's she's pretty prolific. I think it's cool to see her uh, do it. Like it doesn't sound like her normal voice. It's no, just, it's it doesn't sound exactly like like Clank either. And yeah, there's some other cool stuff. Like we talked about how like you watch the uh, the bullet point st- like list of, of facts. I do think it feels fairly newcomer friendly, even though it's returning to the original. Because the, the PS4 and the, and the game and movie were a reboot. They were their own alternative take on the first game. Yeah. Um, this is returning to the main original canon after like eight years or something like that. Yeah, it actually lays it out in a pretty clean way. You you don't need a lot of past no. info, no. and even things like the Dimensionator and like reuniting uh, Ratchet with his, you know, trying to find other Lombaxes. Lo- yes, that's the is, main thing from the PS3 games. You find out Ratchet is the last of his kind. Yeah, is is uh, presented in such a way that you like, you know, you know they've dealt with it before, but it's like it's it's. You don't need a ton of information to go on. They explain what you need to know. Yeah, exactly. Even, even like motivation, like how nefarious at this point. I, I love this. He's motivated by his fat by losing to them. Yeah, he's so sick of losing because in uh, in you know PS2 game he wanted to make everybody a robot. In PS3, basically there's a thing that can be used as a time machine, and he wants to change history so that bad guys always win. So he'll win. And, and it's and, it's great too. They do a very good job in this game of. Uh, creating alternate dimension versions of a lot of our favorite yes. characters, and you know, we just brought it up in the uh, when talking about Black Widow. But I, I was kind of, uh, I loved how much uh, you know Captain Quark, which is one of my favorite characters from yes. Ratchet, uh, kind of reminded me of Red Guardian throughout the game, with kind of just like the blowhearted like obsession with their own heroics thing, who well, ends up being you know somebody who wants to do good and tries. You're to talking do good. about Captain Quantum. What do you mean? His his dimensional counterpart. Captain Quark also wants to do good. Yeah, he's just kind of a jerk, bigger jerk about it. <laughs> yeah, he's a bigger ass. I mean, Red Guardian's a pretty huge ass. Okay, you're right, you're right. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, they they have both multiple times, you know, come back and ended up doing the right Ratchet thing. Ratchet even touches on that when, like, Quantum asks, like, why do you stay with this guy? I'm like, he does help out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, it just, it just for, for a lot of me, it's like, he was trying to kill them the first couple of games, but they got over it. Yeah, and I, I do, gosh, I really like the... The way nefarious is handled, because the the regular the the original dimension nefarious is your main villain for like the first half of the game, and then Emperor Nefarious from the new dimension is revealed, and he makes old nefarious look like such a putz. Yeah, it's so fun. I am thankful though. I was I assumed I did correctly assume he's going to show up later and be the, the actual villain because it's mm-hmm. clearly like stronger. Uh, but I was worried they would make him super serious, and I'm like he's more dangerous, but he's still. Theatrical. He's oh, he's like more he's more British. capable, but he is a still a jackass. He's got this British drawl. He throws like a little celebration with confetti and, and stuff like that. Yeah. He, uh, he like gives, he gives them, makes like a little toast with champagne glasses with various. It's, it's the series has. I don't want a ratchet that takes itself super seriously. Yeah. No, that's but not they, what we're here this, for. This is this and the PS three games had a good balance between having some emotional parts and some uh, some uh, eh, but still being silly. Yeah. Um, and just to wrap up, I just want to say yeah. the you know the the 
one thing that it really takes from you know that that it succeeds in that is kind of a all ratchet games thing that it really succeeds in is just that it's it feels great to play like mechanically it just is so smooth and it's like you know it's hard without being impossible and it's just it's just a super fun game i can't highly recommend it enough yeah provided you can find a ps5 but take souls in the fact that there are only three big exclusives for it so far. I yeah. guess four if you count Astro's Playroom, which is really fun but very short. Yeah, I, I, Astro's Playroom is is a really is probably the best like pack-in game console so, pack-in game besides like Wii Sports. It's, maybe. Yeah, that's the other best one. Um, but it's it's still you know it's still a pack-in game. You're not gonna it's, yeah. you're revisiting it. Forever. But if you're like if you're if you're our age, you're gonna be ready for some heavy nostalgia with that game. Yes, exactly I was not right. prepared. Um, but yeah, uh, really awesome game, and I guess now we can move on to a really awesome movie. But first, we're going to pause so I can pee. Yes. And and I'll just render this. Cool. 